And we're off. Hey. Good afternoon. Good evening and good night. Uh, and good I'm morning, Ron Burgundy. Because that's long you missed. Question mark. <laughs> so, um, so uh, yes. As uh, as you have no doubt gleaned by the title, we watched uh, the, the rules the of attraction. Rules of attraction. Starring rules of attraction. Starring Sean Penn. No. As himself. Um. Starring Brendan Fraser as Mighty Joe Young and um, Rube Goldberg actually, as a machine. Actually, uh, starring James Vanderbeek. Yeah. And some other people as yeah. well. Um, crap. He does what, stuff. What's her name? I, I, I got you to... Sammy Sammison? It's not Sammy Sammison. <laughs> That's pretty close. It should be in your recent history, though. Because I got you to look it yeah, up. Yeah, it's, um, oh, I was on her page. Shannon Sosaman. Right. Shannon Sosaman. So. She's very attractive. She, uh, you, you'll, you'll know her most likely by, uh, Knight's Tale. And a bunch of other stuff. She was in a bunch of stuff in the 90s. She was in Wrist Cutters. Uh, which is on the list. Yes, um, which I haven't <laughs> seen. Um, yeah, so. Anyway. There were some people in this. Jessica uh, Biel, reason, reasonably reasonably famous people. Um, what's his name? What's his name from the show? Ian Summerhalter was in it, right? Um, so yeah, yeah. Like we said, this had some people. Um, it had uh, it had some plot. Yeah, kinda. So I had all right. I had never seen this movie. Yeah, uh, you had correct. And I assume. By the way that you talked about it, that you were into it, like that you really liked this movie. Why would you assume that? I don't know. I assumed from the way that you talked about it that you were. I just I I had never really talked about it. Yeah, I mean, I noticed. <laughs> I noticed as we were watching, I was like, he never said explicitly that he liked this. I thought he <laughs> liked this. <laughs> so that that was just that was just. Did my, you like it? I don't know how I feel about this movie. It, um, it's pretty. It's pretty strange. Let's go into the plot. I think that's my job if, this time. If you must. Really, uh, th- this will be pretty condensed. I'm not going to give you a play-by-play of anything that that happens here. I'm going to say who this focuses on and what theme it has. So we have a. Um, we have four explicitly named characters like the movie stops and shows you their names yes on screen we have four of those characters there's victor lauren paul and um sean sean uh and uh these characters um are all in some way in love with one of the other characters or at least infatuated with one of the other characters uh, that are named. And at the end of the movie, nobody gets anybody. The whole tagline for the thing is that you can't really love someone and you can't really know someone. No one ever knows anyone. Like three different characters repeated at the end of the movie. Um... And uh, and that that's pretty much the deal. Everything else is just setting. 
uh, and and a little bit of character. Uh, Sean is kind of a trust fund drug dealer, I'd call it. <laughs> um, Lauren is. I have to tell you off mic who Sean reminds me of. Okay, fair <laughs> enough. <laughs> Sorry, I, it just hit me. It reminds when me when you use that phrase. He reminds me of someone that I think we know, but we'll see. Yeah. Um. Anyway, so Sean is a trust fund drug dealer. Um. Paul is a. I'll say he reminds me of a certain sibling of one of our good friends. Yeah, I think we're right. <laughs> um. But yeah. Sean, trustful drug dealer. Uh, Paul, a uh, gay guy who seems very kind of I don't know. He's he's kind of a smart ass. He's crass. But he's I mean, they're all kind of terrible people. Mm. So it's hard to like say that you were really like into a character. Yeah. But I, I think that I think that Paul comes out. Paul a might be the more, most relatable. Yeah, he comes out a little bit more sympathetic. I mean, Lauren. It, it's between Lauren and Paul, but Lauren is made more sympathetic by the fact that she is probably the least awful yeah. of the group, in that she doesn't. She doesn't really do a lot. I feel like if she had more screen time, she would have been just as awful as the rest of them. But she... Uh, She's, like, kind of the main character, but also, like, yeah. on screen the least out of the main characters. It's weird. Yeah, Sean gets way more screen time than any of the other mains. Uh, certainly more than Victor. All we know about Victor is that he is a drama guy who's been to Europe. Yeah. He's a drama major who's been to Europe, and that's that's it. And we know that Lauren loves Victor. Yes. Uh, Victor doesn't even know who Lauren is by the end of the movie. Yep. Uh, Paul loves... Sean. Is infatuated with Sean, and Sean loves slash is infatuated with Lauren. Yes. None of them owned up together. Right. And that's the whole movie. Uh... It opens. There's in the, some college stuff. Yeah, it opens in the middle of a sentence and closes in the middle and closes in the middle of a sentence, which is a unique thing. So they do a lot of stuff. They there there are a lot of tricks of cinematography. There's some ambition. There's some ambitious filmmaking in this yeah, movie. Yeah, there's some there's some cool experimental stuff that I some I'm, some of the shots like when you first are meet um well not first meet but when they first really properly meet each other lauren and sean uh it sh it shows a perspective shot of both of the what they're doing yeah, like, like a both, split screen but it's a split screen a la ps2 versus video game style <laughs> of both of their faces and they're both doing kind of different things until they walk up to each other and it stays on that as they're talking to each other which is kind of neat yeah and and it, it holds it, it it starts way before they're even in the same vicinity as one another it starts out when they're both in their dorm rooms yeah and it goes through them like getting ready doing their thing and then eventually meeting each other the whole sequence probably takes about two minutes and you're really wondering what the hell the split screen's for and then yeah. they both close out on the same hallway and it's only at the end of their conversation where the camera angles kind of converge. Yeah. That that was a neat trick. They yeah. also did the uh the intro comes from the end of the movie. Yeah. Um, which is not new but is 
they do it well yeah. enough in this movie. And and they do they do a, they have a cool way because pretty much our principal characters are all at this party and they go into their individual stories or their individual outcomes for that yeah. party by uh, following one character, then reverse like the, they'll they film like they'll film in reverse yeah just back with actual up. rewinding yeah they'll, like, ju- they'll just back everything up and then go to another character and their perspective at the same time do their thing yeah. back up uh and uh that's that's a, a pretty interesting tactic the music is really good I, I liked they they do a lot of like needle drop type music cues which are neat. Uh, they also have some stuff where they fuck with um, they do like electronic tinged, uh, very bombastic classical mm. music which mm. is kind of neat. Um, I don't know. There are a lot of sequences in this movie that that work out really well and they're kind of experimental, but. It's like the sequences where it's good and and experimental. It's like listening to Velvet Underground, and then it will continue with like it'll get back to the main story that's going on, and it kind of I don't know. It feels like it's maybe talking itself up a bit too much. It feels like there's maybe a lack of substance to support the experimentation. So, <laughs> my question to you is, did you like it? I honestly don't know. Like, it, it's it's very... I, I, I couldn't... I, I don't know how to, how to really say if I liked it or not definitively I'd have to watch it a couple more times I have to say that I don't feel like watching it again soon I'm probably leaning towards the no on this one it it barely ekes out a no it has some really good intentions but what do you not like about it the plot <laughs> the plot so mostly the themes in the plot are just kind of they're they seem broadly cynical for no real reason like a lot of times when you get when you get a movie that is I mean, I mean th- a, this is obviously like a very auteur kind of yeah it's based on a book kind of thing I'd probably be interested in reading the book mm. and seeing seeing how that worked out but it, it has a lot it has a lot going on and it doesn't I don't know. It, it's it's not a it's not a bad thing to be broadly cynical. It just doesn't seem like it's really backing up a lot of its cynicism. <laughs> like there are some good like cynical nihilist movies yeah. that you can just get behind. That's, but I knew the book was by a famous author, famous Brett Easton Ellis. I was about to say this read this the the story sounds a lot like Less Than Zero, which is another movie that we had on the list, which mm. is another movie by him. And I think it's kind of about the same thing. Yeah. It it might be a sequel for all I know. But um so we'll uh, we'll see how they compare to one another, I guess. Yeah. Maybe. But um Yeah. And, and it it makes sense that it's him. Uh Braddy Snellis is the same guy that um did obviously less than zero, American Psycho. He's um 
So it makes sense that it's kind of this cynical. The movie has a weird problem with tone. Yeah. Like, it'll go really dark and then kind of like stupid American pie humor <laughs> briefly. <laughs> Honestly, I think this movie exists. It does that a few times. Yeah, this movie exists somewhere in the gulf between kids and American pie. <laughs> it's, yeah. Like, there's some very dark, like, I don't know. But it's like, it's not playing, it's not like comic relief from the bad things happening. It's like making light of really bad things. Yeah. Like suicide and rape. Yeah. So, <laughs> on the topic of rape, I have seen, watching a lot of Grindhouse movies and stuff, I have seen a lot of graphic depictions of rape. Mm. The one at the beginning of this movie, though not as graphic as other ones that I've seen, is probably one of the harder to watch. It's like, pre- it's really disturbing. Because it's all really plausible. Like, yeah. That's, that's, that's happened to somebody. God, it's, 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 it's pretty sickening. And it starts, I mean, it starts off the movie just really, really depressing. Honestly, you see, like... You, so the first two scenes of the movie is you see a you see Lauren get raped, then you see Paul uh, take a guy back to uh, back up to a room. I don't think it's his house or anything, but it's up to a room and try and make a move on him, and the guy pretty much like kicks his ass and throws him out of the room and calls him a fag and you know, whatever. And so that's like instantly two things that are uncomfortable. Yeah. And then it gets to uh, to James Vanderbeek, Sean's thing, where uh, it is oddly light. And then the movie starts. <laughs> like, yeah. It's, it's weird. It's total whiplash. <laughs> um... Yeah, it this movie is not for kids. No, not at all. <laughs> Why would you think that? No, I know. Uh, I don't know. You I'd still, like to, what, I'd like to know when the book was written, maybe because the the movie was released in two thousand two. Yeah. Um, and they don't ever give a timestamp, but it feels like ninety six. <laughs> like I, I can't eighty seven. Okay. So maybe they were trying to meet each other halfway. Yeah. <laughs> they settled for somewhere in the mid nineties. Yeah. I uh the so the reason that you don't never could pick up on whether I like this movie or not is because I also don't really <laughs> know how I feel about it. I I it's it's more it's it's less about liking it or not to me and more about it's interesting. Yeah, it's definitely interesting. I it's like I don't know. I I feel I don't I don't feel good about taking a a, 
a, a like it or not stance on this, which yeah. I guess we probably that's not good to be reviewing a movie, but that's that's not true. I mean, review we're not doing like consumer reviews or no. anything. We're not giving anyone a see it or don't. No, we're not. We're not. I, we're not movie bob. We, but this <laughs> this this might be the first movie that I don't know if I should recommend it to people or not. Though I would I would recommend this movie. Like, watch it. If, if you haven't seen it... Unless you're squeamish about some triggering things... Yeah, definitely. Don't, don't watch it um, in that case. Uh, but if you... I mean, it is interesting. You know, it's... it's. You won't, you won't walk away from the movie feeling, like, feeling cheated. Yeah. Like, you won't, like... Not like I did after Take Shelter. <laughs> <laughs> like... The, the movie that I think about that, the, that I think about, like, walking away from Cheated is something like, you know, I don't know, the most recent movie I can think of is, like, Dreamhouse with Daniel Craig. Like, I watched that. Did you see that? Yeah, I watched that right before. God, that looked horrible. Right before I watched Pontypool the first time. So that oh. was probably about three months before we recorded our first episode. I walked away from that movie like... I liked the premise of that movie. Yeah, I, I just... I watched it, and I walked away like, that was offensively dumb, and th- this was bad, and I feel like I need to watch. And it was like 12, and I had to work in the morning. And Oh, yeah. Go- going to bed at 12 isn't a big deal, but I felt so cheated. I was like, I, feel I like, have to watch something I feel like else. that's the experience that kind of inspired this whole podcast. Yeah, and then I watched Pontypool, and I was like... This is great. I love this. Yeah, now I can go to now, bed. Now I can go to bed at like 2.30. That's fine. Um, but, yeah, I, I wouldn't say you'll feel cheated walking away from this movie. Like, it's it's not insultingly dumb. You, no, it's, it's, it's smart. It's constantly... It's, it's throw, a smart movie. It's throwing stuff at you that you are... Uh, that, that you have... That, you're not expecting most of the time and that you kind of have to think about you you it, it's it's good in that respect but um as far as whether or not you'll like it as far as whether or not you'll own this movie or you know tell your friends about it that's going to be a very subjective thing i feel like at 19 i might have I liked I liked broadly cynical shit at nineteen, <laughs> and I still like cynical. That's shit. that's that's about how old I was when I saw this movie. <laughs> I I feel I I still like cynical shit, but just not like like this this movie does not make a good argument for its cynicism. It doesn't really back it up. With I anything. can't remember who I think I was alone when I saw this movie the first time, which was weird. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know, man. Uh, there's a there's a lot of of like most movies where you have horrible things like rape or suicide, mm-hmm. they like show them as being like these horrible things that happen to the the good characters. They don't frequently make dick jokes after it. <laughs> this this movie is almost making light of those things, yeah. which it's hard for me to like. It's not hard. It's I, I can't get behind that. Like, you know, I understand it as a storytelling piece, but I don't I don't enjoy it. The the I think the thing that really encapsulates the 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 like I said, broadly cynical doesn't really back it up with anything, is um so there's there's another character. There is a hidden fifth character, um, who is writing letters <laughs> yeah. to 
uh, James Van Der Beek's character. And it's implied the whole time that it's one or the other of Lauren or um, Paul is is the sense that you kind of get. I never, I never really thought it was Paul. I never thought it was Lauren either. I, I just, thought it was Paul. I, I just, could, I remembered like when it first happened. I was like, oh yeah, that was Paul. Yeah, I didn't. I, I didn't, actually, I've seen this movie one time before, and I've completely forgot about this character. Yeah, so and I, this whole sequence of events. I didn't. I thought it was a, a totally separate character that we were going to get to meet later. Well, we turns did. Turns out we get to meet her as she is preparing. To kill herself. And then does. And then she does. She never talks to the camera. She just goes into a bathtub and slits her wrist. And it's... It's because she sees Sean going off with another girl at a party. Yeah, and then it does this weird, like, montage of scenes where, like... Where she was, like, an extra in the scene. Yeah, and you can see her, like, leering out of the background. And it just falls somewhere, like, you don't really... It didn't build up any sympathy for this yeah, character. Yeah, it, it never introduced her other than the notes, it's like it's, which they show there it in, were like four of, the, and they weren't really any insight into her character other than that she liked Sean. They throw it in there for shock value. Yeah, it's it, it's weird, and it's cynical, and it doesn't back it up. <laughs> um, one other big thing that I noticed is that, so it'll, it'll go into various people's narration throughout the uh, throughout the course of the movie like internal monologues and shit and they all seem to from a writing perspective have the same voice like it, it sounds like uh, they're they're doing their internal monologue and they're you know reading from what sounds like book descriptions and they're uh it, it just it, it all sounds like it was written by the same guy yeah, it, for the same it character. seems it seems very um, all of their internal monologues are, are more poetic than an internal dialogue really would be yeah the the closest that any of them comes to really escaping from that same character voice thing is uh, James Vanderbeek's character will frequently just uh, be very blunt with things like he'll just be like, I need to get laid. I yeah. need more pot. I'm I hungry. Want, I want to get food. <laughs> like yeah. that's that's the only thing that really keeps like that's the only feature that that keeps his standing out. But it doesn't really do that good of a job because it's kind of underutilized. He still has moments where he'll go and wax poetic for absolutely no reason. <laughs> um, but. I mean, for for every for every scene like that where you're kind of <clears throat> taken out of it and it's you know losing steam because it's following a one coherent story, there there are weird aside scenes like um, Paul and <laughs> his sibling cousin maybe I don't know Mom, Richard mom's friend yeah mom's son. friend's son thing. Richard, uh, they That's are... That's a... I like that scene. It's... I, I like their story. I think that it's cool. They, they basically... So, Paul goes home uh, for the holidays, and he hangs out with his mom and her friend, or maybe sister. I don't know. <laughs> it's never really specified. Yeah, it doesn't matter. And this, this guy comes into the room that Paul's in, and it's obvious that they've... 
uh, met each other before, that they grew up together, and then it's kind of dropped that they at some point might have definitely at some point had sex. Not sure if it was a relationship or if it was a one-time thing, but it's implied that they have history together in that way. And they do that really well. Um, like, they reveal that in just a few conversations. And then there's this weird scene cut into the middle for no real reason where Paul and Richard are dancing on the bed to in their by, underwear. To, to faith, faith by, by George Reinkel. Yeah. And it, it's choreographed well. Yeah. Uh, I liked it. It's just so weird. And it's really an example of the kind of scenes that makes this movie interesting. I was going to say makes this movie work. I still don't know if it makes the movie work, but it makes it interesting. Yeah, for sure. It makes it worth the watch. Yeah. Um, yeah, that might be the most entertaining. Like, the whole sequence with uh, with Richard slash Dick. Yeah, it, so... The, well, so that whole He's se- only in it for two scenes. Yeah. And that scene comes right before. And you... I don't know about you, but watching the scene where they're dancing to George Michael, it's like, okay, this is weird. What the fuck is this? And then the next scene somehow makes things weirder while actually being a more normal scene. Yeah, uh, that that whole that that sequence <laughs> is probably the most entertaining part of the whole movie. Yeah, I. I Hold up. I feel like they needed some comic relief right in the middle of this all this dark shit happening. Uh, I I described Richard's character is like Jim Carrey on a particularly manic day. <laughs> but like, also abusing multiple substances. Yeah. <laughs> like he's just he's fucking out there and he never comes up again. Nope. Kind of regrettably. Honestly, I think they underutilized Paul as a character. He got the least screen time other than Victor, who you'll remember is the drama major who went to Europe, and that's it. Yeah. Um, he had two real scenes. Yeah. Three. Paul Paul got the least amount of screen time out of the people who actually got any screen time, and he just wasn't really... He was pretty deep. There was There was some stuff there. Alright, so my my problem is this. He never implies that he is looking for anything... That he's, like, looking for love. He mostly just wants to get laid, it it seems. And then he all of a sudden falls head over heels for Sean's character, who is not likable, who is kind of scary. There are all these scenes of Sean, of James Vanderbeek, just leering at the camera, and he's making these, like, fucking murderer faces. He's, he's pretty terrifying. Like, I don't see why anyone in this movie is attracted to him. But, um, apparently Paul really is. And, um, they... He keeps trying to, like, invite him over and talk to him. And the guy treats Paul like shit. And Paul just kind of keeps coming back. It, it's a really poorly. It it doesn't it doesn't build any sort of like. You can't see where Paul's coming from. Like it's no. not like a believable love thing. And they didn't set that up for anyone else in this movie. I mean, it, it's all shallow relationships based mostly on sex, and that's kind of the point. But for Paul, it felt like there actually needed to be 
some justification to the relationship. Because he's one of the only people that you can actually sympathize with. Yeah, and and because Paul, it, it but seems... But less so because he seems to be kind of doing it, bringing it on himself to some extent. Yeah, I, I think, I don't know, it's weird because the character that they set Paul up as in the middle of the movie, or in the beginning of the movie, seems like a character who is used to dealing with rejection... And kind of, you know, has a very, like, sneering sort of fuck you attitude towards people in general. And it, it's weird that he falls so hard for Sean. Yeah. Because it, it seems like, the way they set up his character, it seems like it should be, oh, fuck him, whatever, move on. Yeah. <laughs> and and it, I don't know, just... He, I mean, he was with it all the way up until the end of the movie. I yeah, don't I don't see it. what all these people see in Sean. No. He's pretty, he's pretty big dick. <laughs> he's fucking... He, he's scary. He's a little funny <laughs> at times. He's kind of funny at times, but uh, yeah. in a bad way. Yeah. In a... In a... I would say, like, kind of a Bukowski way. Like... Yeah. Like, wow, you're an asshole. You're fun to watch. <laughs> yeah, there's 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 a there's a there's a connection there. Well, I think there's a lot of connections between. I think there's a lot of connections in Brett Easton Ellis's mind between him and Bukowski. He seems, uh, he seems like one of those guys that probably reads a lot of Bukowski and would like to think that they live the life, but they don't really. <laughs> that is very presumptuous. <laughs> Good it's gracious. just it's it's uh it's I don't know it's a it's a impression that I've gotten of the man. So of all the secondary characters in this movie, who's your favorite? Secondary characters. There's a lot of there's a lot of good secondary characters in this movie. Yeah, I don't know about a lot. There's a few good secondary characters in this movie. I don't. I mean. It's again, they're all kind of horrible people, so there's never anyone that you feel like you can really latch on no, to. No, no. But surely for entertainment, yeah, entertainment. Fun to watch. I don't know. Poor man's James Franco, the drug dealer. I, that's who I was going to say too. Yeah, the dr- there's this drug dealer that Sean buys drugs from to sell to the people at his college and uh, he's he's the source. He's the he's yeah, the he's the, he's the, main he's the James Franco. And yeah, uh, James Franco. he is awesome. <laughs> he's just going a thousand miles an hour yeah. every second. Yeah, it's no, fun to watch. No regard for anybody and just I love it. <laughs> he he is he is all all uh, what's the word I'm looking for? He's like full speed ahead all the time. Yeah, I, I I think he's probably one of one of the more fun people to watch. He's always coked out, and he's just there's there's no depth to the character or anything. He's just he's he's he is a person who is there doing what you'd expect. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. Um, yeah, <laughs> there. I liked so, I liked the name of the parties in this movie. There's the end of the world party. There's the dress to get fucked party. Dress to get screwed party. Dress to get screwed party. There's the pre-Saturday night party. Yeah. <laughs> that was a good one. Uh, I, that might be the only three. Maybe there's one more that I'm missing, but uh, those are all those are all pretty pretty good. Um. So, as a college age person myself, and with you being a college age person. 
And with us knowing many people that have gone to college. Yeah, not having gone ourselves. Yeah. Because we're losers. Yeah, I don't think that uh I don't think that anyone would necessarily say this is indicative of <laughs> Of the college experience. Of the college experience. I fucking hope not. <laughs> oh God. I if anyone experiences college like this, I am sorry. <laughs> Feel for you. Yeah. Uh transfer. Yeah. Is really all I can tell you because the world is not like no. this. <laughs> Jesus, it's like, and that's kind of like, you know how it, there's. I think there's a trope for this on TV tropes. Like, there's a trope of where like, like in kids in elementary, middle, and high school in TV shows and movies. Like, have all this free range to do, like, all this shit, and it's not really like that. Like, I get the same feeling from this as as watching shows like that where kids can do whatever they want while they're in school. <laughs> you know, so, so this, this movie, thematically, uh, well, maybe not thematically, this movie, genre-wise, uh, it, it's an outlier. It's, it, it is, you know... I'd call it a drama. It, it's a little, it's a little, it's a little grittier than most of these that I'm about to name, and a little bit more cynical. But it, uh, it kind of falls into the pedigree a little bit of uh, of your movies, like uh, one I put on the list. Seeing this, uh, Charlie Bartlett. Ever seen it? Nope. It's good. It's got Robert Downey Jr. in it. Okay. It's it's a fine movie. Is that the one but, with Zach Galifianakis? Um, no. That's something different. That's a, it's a comedy movie. This is not a comedy movie. Robert Downey Jr. and Zach Galifianakis. Yeah, it's recent. It's post Hangover. Anyway, I'm just trying to put that together. Um, it's, no, it's not that. This is from a little bit earlier in his career. It was uh, early 2090s, probably around the same time this movie was being made. Um, but movies like like the. The 90s and early 2000s teen movies and college, more college movies than teen movies. Um, She's all that. Trying to, well that that was, yeah, the, thematically a little bit. Or not. Dude, this is like way darker like than said, She's All it's That. Like I said, it's darker, <laughs> it's darker. It's but darker it, and has no resolution. They look the same. Yeah. They 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 share they share an aesthetic. This That's m- what I'm trying to think of. Aesthetic. This movie aesthetically, sh- this movie fits in very well. This movie shot better. Yeah, I mean that's not hard. To do. <laughs> I mean this movie is really well shot. Yeah, yeah, no, it's they're. I don't know. I feel like they worked hard to get it to fall into that aesthetic. To, to get it to kind of... But that's fine. Yeah, it, it's it's you a can, credit... You can work hard. It, it's a credit to the movie. I, I'm, I'm not saying that it's it's against it. I'm saying that it seems like they worked hard to get it to fill that aesthetic niche in order to kind of throw off an audience. Like, someone might have picked up this movie thinking, thinking it's a she's all that it's a she's all that and then got this movie and was either appalled or pleasantly surprised <laughs> probably appalled. probably appalled if yeah. they were looking for she's all that <laughs> yeah most likely in like a blockbuster <laughs> yeah this is this is not that yeah not at all um but it 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 falls into the and falls into that group aesthetically uh <laughs> 
another movie in that group that I always think of because I liked it and Comedy Central played it a lot and I don't know a lot of other people who have seen it as Big Fridge Meckler's Book of Big Ideas. Never seen it. I feel like that's probably a little bit more indicative of the actual college experience. It's about a it's about an introvert weirdo who goes through some personal trauma before he gets to college and it makes him like this nervous, anxious basket case. And the way he calms himself down is by writing a book of these very large, like, existential ideas. And he loses the book, freaks the fuck out, and the movie is him trying to get back the book. Meanwhile, the book is making its rounds to all these various places, getting into the hands of various people who think it's absolutely amazing. Uh... It's it's a it's a neat little movie yeah. and an oft forgotten genre piece, <laughs> dude. Oh, I I just thought of something else I wanted to put on the list. Give me. Oh, there you go. That's I want. I yeah. want to do. Um, is it called? And this the the freaking dollar signs show of all things reminded me of this. Uh, uh, the Secret Life of Walter Mitty, or whatever it's called. The original. Oh, well, I don't know. Well, there's one with Ben Stiller that was recent and not good. Did you see it? Uh, I saw clips. What, I didn't What was the original? To, the original was made in, like, the... Uh, I think it was made in, like, the 50s I thought 60s? it was a, I thought it was a new concept. No, no, no. It shows what I know. <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah, we I mean, can watch the original. Sure. Alternate. List. I don't even know how we're counting the things that aren't actually. Whatever. I think we don't have to count. I think we're just going to count them like after we count the main list, we'll go into the other shit. Whatever. Somehow. I don't know. This list is chaos. We'll take a picture and put it on the SoundCloud or something if that's possible. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe not. Um, but yeah, so overall on this movie. Um. It's okay. Watch it. I mean, if you see, want. See how you feel. If you don't like... If you don't like really graphic, pessimistic movies about aimless 20-somethings... Don't watch it. This is probably not your shit. Um, if you didn't like Slacker, I wouldn't pick this up. <laughs> if uh, if you're familiar with other Brett Easton Ellis works and you haven't really liked them, I would say that this is... Also not for you. Yeah, this is pretty much... Uh, I didn't know it was Brett Easton Ellis until you told me just now. Yeah. But it really makes a lot... Because during the movie, I was like, this is a lot like Less Than Zero. Yeah. This is a lot like other stuff. So it, it makes sense that it is. Uh, and from what I understand, it's kind of true to form um, for him. So, yeah, if you're familiar with his work and you don't like it, I wouldn't pick this up. But if you're looking for a curious, a curiosity to, to fill some time, yeah. and you don't mind aimless 20-somethings, I would say, yeah, give it a shot. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what he said. Um, I give it two thumbs sideways. <laughs> eh. Yeah. Uh, All right. So, so I guess it's your turn to pick a movie. Or uh, let's go random. All right, how do you want to do it? Uh, two D twenties. 
We should pick. We should come up with something else other than or dice. or pull up a random number generator on the on the. I don't want to count. Box. I'd rather use like a method other than counting off numbers. Um, like I want to like throw a dart at it or something. Well, unfortunately, you don't have any darts. I have pins. Pins. <laughs> um. You can uh, let Lucy lick your hand and have her lick the page in whatever movie she likes. That's what we watch. I think her tongue might get a couple movies. <laughs> well, then you can pick from those. Um, okay, how about this? Flip a bottle cap. Whatever it lands on, <laughs> that's what we do. Look, it lands on like... Here, here. Take the bottle cap back. I'm going to close my eyes. Uh-huh. I'm going to raise my pin. Okay. You are going to move one of the lists underneath me <laughs> and move it to a position. This must be great to listen to. And I will bring the pin down upon the page. Okay. And whichever movie my pin lands closest to. Oh, Jesus. We will, uh, we will review that one. If it lands equidistant between a couple of movies... We will... I will pick one. All right. Okay. All right, I'm going to move both lists, so... All right, and just go whenever. This probably sounds great on the Yeah. Sorry, right. people. Stop moving. Will I hit one if I go straight down? Probably. Let me move my hand. <laughs> yes, do that. Well, that was Joe versus the Volcano. The thing it's nearest to is Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are dead. Oh. <laughs> you want to re-roll? No, let's do it. Let's do it. No, you made your bed, now we have to lie in it. All righty, well, uh, Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are dead. All right. Next week, Great. hopefully, maybe. Cool, see you then. Bye, happy holidays.